Welcome back to Movie Issues. I'm your host, Leland. Uh, Spooky is out of town this week, therefore I called in the hostess with the mostess. Uh, my good friend, Elizabeth Wallace, who is a co-host on the Sister Sister Podcast? podcast sounds about right, yeah. The uh, comic spin-off? issues, yeah. Well, we're a spinoff of you, but... Oh, that's right, that's true. I guess so, we did technically come first, but I came after everybody else had done all the So Sister work, Podcast, so. Sure. comic book issues, yeah. uh, or is it comic issues? Comic issues. Mm-hmm. I don't actually listen, so I don't know, um, <laughs> unless I'm on it. But yeah. then again, I don't listen because I was there. Uh, so we are. She's here this week to help out, and we thought, well, we'll just um, watch something fun yes. and something she hadn't seen. So we we hit um, some stuff. So, but first up, like we do, we do a little news up front. And um, you're not so into the news as I am. Right. Uh, I mean, you have a. You know what's going on in the world, but yes. you don't necessarily have to put it up on uh, the website like I do. Right. So you have, do you have the, your I, thing. Right. Yeah. I do it with the comic book stuff. With the movie stuff, I'm just kind of like, I'm not monitoring the feed the no, way you are. Just, so, just yeah. let me have it. Yeah, so, yeah it's That's okay. how it works out. Yeah. Uh, so the, the big thing of the weekend, because, um, you know, as usual, we're in the past mm. or the future, mm. depending on how when you're listening to this. Yeah. So... The big thing of the weekend was that Disney has decided to cancel Tron 3. And the rumor online is because Tomorrowland bombed beyond bombing. Well, I I read your article about Tomorrowland and it it did kind of take away any interest I had in seeing it by realizing, spoilers, the only bit of Tomorrowland that you see in the movie is what you got to see in the trailers. It was a little rough. I'll admit, it was, it's like I said in my review... I was really disappointed. It was. I felt that Tomorrowland was one of those movies that you should have walked out of and have been inspired mm-hmm. to do better. Right. Like you should have picked up yourself, or you know, picked. I don't know. Whatever you feel inspiration wise is is to go out and do it. Right. And it's been a long time since I think a movie has inspired me to do much. Mm-hmm. So I was really looking forward to it because I love the cast. I thought the idea was great. The trailers looked amazing. And the trailers were really good. And then you get into the movie and there's not really a Tomorrowland. And it's like two hours and 12 minutes. And a lot of it is 90 minutes of them just getting to yeah. Tomorrowland, and once you get there, it's a real sad Tomorrowland. Yeah, and that's really that's kind of why I'm disappointed about how Tomorrowland turned out, and why I'm disappointed we don't get Tron Three. I want the cool futuristic sci-fi with the light piping on everything. Yeah, I, I just want wanted more light that. suits. I yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm totally good with that. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a shame because um, I, I, on some hand, they thought like, okay, well, Tron Legacy was supposed to kind of, I'm gonna air quote it, fix issues from Tron. Right. And and then like Tron Legacy came out and it had its own issues. Sure. And then I thought I, I think people were like, oh good they'll give it another shot to fix the Tron Legacy issues. That was supposed it to is fix like, the first one. You're like, like, well, how many issues try do we get? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's kind of like okay, I understand why they would cancel it or postpone it or whatever they need to do. Yeah. It's just a shame because I thought I liked both those characters, and I was very interested in how they were going to work. Olivia Wilde's character of Cora, yeah. who suddenly became human, right? Now which in the real I have world, issues yeah. with. Oh, of but, course, of course. But you it's sci-fi. I can give it away. Suspicion yeah. of disbelief a oh, little bit. Yeah. Amazingly yeah. disbelief. And yeah. the funny thing is, I was talking to Catherine, and both of us have agreed. We heard Catherine's with me over on the Binary System podcast, and we've heard the description of Tron Legacy that it was basically a two-hour music video for Daft Punk, and we're like, 
but I'm okay with that. That's yeah, fine. It is a really pretty two-hour music video. But then yes. we heard that Daft Punk was never intended to be in the second one. We're like, oh, well, I suddenly lost a lot of interest in that movie. That's so, fair. Yeah. It's one of the few soundtracks I actually put on... Uh, like in a car yes you know what i mean like like a lot of score i'll just put on in the background if i'm reading or if i'm painting but uh, the daft punk i'm like well that's i can put that on a car and i feel pretty justified by that and i and i like uh, you know i like flynn i like um you know jeff bridges character I, I, i wanted more adventures with his kid and and, and Olivia Wilde and stuff. And it's a shame that it's not going to happen, but mm. I I understand the marketing standpoint behind it. It, it is, it's, it is on one hand though, and Disney has said this, and I mean, I'm paraphrasing several articles into one, but more or less, because they have, you know, one, they've got the Disney movies themselves. Yes. They have Disney Pixar, Marvel, yeah. and Star Wars, which are, you know, three of the biggest money makers on the planet for entertainment so disney can kind of afford to have one flop a year knowing that avengers and star wars and pixar will pick up the slack on the end of that exactly because avengers already made like i don't know 1.3 billion (laughs) dollars and with a b you know star wars we know will make probably a billion dollars we're hoping that it's going to be everything that we want it to but it's going to make all the money no matter yeah no matter if if people hate it or love it they're going to see it to make sure yeah exactly and i in uh pixar's new and inside out looks fantastic yes so i'm sure that's going to be a massive hit as well so for the 200 some odd million dollars that they lost on Tomorrowland because of not a very good script and and stuff. I, I it's okay, but a business standpoint, I yeah. understand why they would be hesitant for Tron because the last one barely made its money back. Tron three was always going to be a bit of a long shot, yeah. and now it's just like they don't have enough people behind it, and it is a shame. But yeah, and know. I know that the, the cartoon series on Disney XD was very good. Oh, I never it, saw it. And they could. Continue with that, you know, like make that into a franchise or something. It would be maybe make a really good video game or something on a line. A video game makes more sense to me than anything it else. It really does. Like I'm if they had there like isn't um, one. there isn't one. Well, there was one for the uh, for like the movie tie-in, okay. which was, eh. uh-huh. and then I think they tried to make a like World of Warcraft world kind of situation, like oh. an MMO. Huh. I don't. Know if that's if I'm making that up or not. Uh, um, I know that didn't work. Okay. That's the bottom line. I was about to say, um, I never heard. I know there was usually... a role playing game for a while okay. that didn't do too well. I'll usually hear. I won't play any of them, but I'll usually hear about the ones that do well. Yeah. And so the fact that I didn't hear about it, I'm like, that's probably. Or maybe I think they were planning to make one and it didn't go. Mm. One of those two, but I I I think a really thought out, long cinematic video game is the best route to go with the Tron. Bring Quora and and uh, Flynn back. I mean, yes. get the actors to do the motion capture in the video game, that for God's sakes. They are both yeah. pretty to look at. So yes, they're both absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I would like to spend more time watching them make out. That it, would be fine. That in, would be with great. glowy suits. Yes, you know, exactly. Because I enjoy the glowy And if you suits. do the video game, give me an art of the Tron video game book as well, yes. and I'll be very yeah. happy. So that will be fine. Yeah. It is a shame that the Tron franchise is so fascinating and so beautiful and that it has such a, a hard concept to sell mm visually yeah. which is it's because it's all visual yeah it is the visual I mean, to say they have a problem with the visual is not the truth but they have 
how to plot around something so beautiful right. and make it interesting. They've got all the images, but they just don't have a really good story. Yeah, it, it's so. it's like the picture's kind of a mess and the puzzle pieces need to put together, yeah. but someone knocked the puzzle pieces off and they can't find them, and right. they're just like, well, you know what, we didn't need to buy anyway. And it's, and it's one of those double-sided po- uh, puzzles as well, so it's yeah. like, hey, this is going to be a bitch to put together. Let's just not. So um, it is a shame, I, but again, from a business standpoint, I get it. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tomorrowland, I, I just, wow, I was just so reading that article of yours, I could just hear the disappointment in your voice I really the wanted article. to love it because I, I thought the trailers were amazing I like Clooney I like House I like that girl was great and I'm sitting there and I'm like 90 minutes in and I'm like we gonna fucking get to Tomorrowland like at this point I have driven to Disneyland from my house <laughs> and got into the real Tomorrowland faster yeah you know and and, and they're doing a lot of um, Tomorrowland redesigns and construction at the park like since star wars is coming they're really trying to tomorrowland is probably going to be turned into star wars land they will probably never change the title because tomorrowland has been there walt said it's Tomorrowland, so therefore you keep it tomorrowland but like you know star tours which we've ridden together so you know star tours is awesome um there is a rumor right now that the old people mover which has been there for years and is just sitting there gathering dust. It's basically, it's not important what it is. It, I didn't show it to you because it doesn't matter. If I can't um, get on it and write it, then right? I don't it's care, like, who, who cares? Yeah. Um, the rumor is that they're going to build a uh, to scale, and I'm sure it'll not be like life size scale, but a some sort of Millennium Falcon is supposed to be like on a landing platform. Okay. In the middle of Tomorrowland, up high or somewhere, and it's supposed to be like the lights and the steam coming out of it. And they're like, I don't need to walk through it. Just seeing it yeah, well, will be fine I, for me. I, I could you just know? stand there and stare at it yes. for a really long time. And I think that would be a really good thing to have in the middle of Tomorrowland or at a platform. And then um, at, working at the store this weekend, because you know, most people know I work at a comic book shop, and... I had some guy who knows a guy who's working on the next Star Wars ride that hasn't been announced yet, but they're working on a new virtual ride. And he was saying some of the shit that they were doing with it is just, it it makes Star Tours look inferior by years. And I was just like, right on. I mean, I mean, you know, I also think it would be really nice if Disney took the, um, I can't remember the the innovations building because it's just a waste of space. And isn't either, that where we uh, it was Avengers was? The yes, last time? yeah. yeah. It's it, it's nice that it's there, but it's also one of those things. Where, well, that's my point. Turn it all Avengers, sure. not just one small section. It's a like, big building. It, it is a huge it. fucking building, and it's an eyesore with the crap that's in it. And it's telling you about stuff that it's like the future, and you're like. I already have my phone is better than a lot of the stuff you're oh, showing me. Oh, that's sad. You know, so it's kind of like mm, innovations uh, ten years ago. Yeah, uh, turn the whole thing into Stark Expo. Oh, you I'm know there. What I mean? I'd, like, be, I'd be so there. I That'd think it's a much better. Don't show us the innovations that you think that we're actually going to have. Just go crazy. Show yeah. us just, just nuts things that you are know, probably it, not even realistic. I mean, but look make really one cool. section of it like a, a you know shield. Yes. Like a S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. headquarters. And the kids can go in there and like talk to S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and wear little uniforms or something. You know, yes. uh, I think it's, it, it's money that they're not, potential for money that they're not using. But yeah. uh, I think in the next two years, there's a lot of changes going to be made in Tomorrowland geared towards Star Wars. 
And as it should, I mean, a lot of people disagree because, you know, Star Wars is one thing and Disney's another, but they're now one company. So, yeah. and the synergy is great. It's nice to go and ride a ride about Star Wars and then come out into a shopping store where I can buy crap that I never knew I wanted, you know? <laughs> oh, I just need my own lifesaver at this point. Right, so, you know, yeah, it's... Exactly. It's going to happen. Well, I went with Spooky and Spookette and they both bought their own lightsabers like they were like they were like oh well we're gonna build our own i'm like okay an hour later we are still there and i'm like come on let's go i'm like there's a ride you know but it is nice to know that that's out there so i'm I'm hoping for the best on that um in sad news is is a personal kind of thing uh and i was kind of talking to you before the podcast and you vaguely knew who i was talking about and i think it's a segment group of people if you're really into this particular art form then you know who this is and if not use a passing name that you've heard uh rick baker who is a god among men as far as special effects practical effects and wizardry of makeup and prosthetics and creature creations who is one of my idols as far as just watching the shit that he does i i I went to a Shatner panel at Comic-Con about four years ago, and he sat in front of me. I could not stop staring, and I didn't speak to him at all. Like, I just couldn't do it. I was just like, I am not worthy to speak to God. Like, I just want to bask in your presence, yeah. sir. And, and he has this, he's very known for having a very long white beard and super, super long white hair with these two gray streaks on the side that huh. go down. He keeps in this ponytail, and, and, it, and I was just sitting there, I'm like, I know that ponytail anywhere. Like, from across <laughs> the room, I was just like, that's fucking Rick Baker. Nice. You know, and he sat down, and I was just like, oh my gosh, and and he's not dead or anything but he is retiring uh i think you think he's like in his 60s right. um he has seven oscars multiple awards all sorts of cinematic awards and and the sad part about his retirement is one he's probably tired you've had almost a 40-year career with seven oscars and you're the master eventually you want to bask on the beach you know but the real reason is he said in an article this week that uh, you know he can't really compete anymore with with the CG which is a shame because to me practical effects are always so much better they are so much better so much more real I mean we can just look at the prequels and know it from there but you've seen it in other things you know well look at uh, I mean hate it or love it Mad Max was majority was practical effects it was incredible now I'm not the hugest fan of of the Mad Max Fury Road movie but goddamn technically the movie is beautiful oh god it's just it's flawless with the cars and the stunts and you're like that's a real car yeah that's a real thing that just blew up. That was not a CG stupid thing. Yeah. You guitar know? guy's guitar really did actually spit flames. Yes. He controlled it with the whammy bar. I read an article yeah. on it. because As stupid as I hated the guitar, yes, yes. it was a real guitar yes. I could hate. You know? something I, yeah, there's something I liked about the movie is that for all it's like explosions and desert and you know violence and things blowing up and... It was such an artistic movie in yes. so many ways. It was very pretty to look I at. I agree, and, and yeah. Because there was so little digital effects. It just really felt very present in there when you were watching it. Uh, was that well, it was one of the comic... Oh, was that Comic-Con when Iron Man 1 had not come out yet? Like mm-hmm. So it was like the year before Iron Man 1 and Favreau had just completed like principal photography. And right. they were talking about how... Uh, Favreau was talking about how he loves CG when it's mixed... With the yes. practical effects he uses, CG's there to enhance the performance, not retcon the performance right. in essence. In a lot of situations nowadays, it's the opposite. It's cheaper. It's it's not so much... It, well, you know, it is cheaper, but when you go cheaper, sometimes you get 
cheap effects. Yeah, and that's just so much. Why well, no. would rather have a guy in a rubber suit than have bad CGI? At least you know in a rubber suit that that there was multiple people who put time and energy and care into creating a creature character opposed to now granted i the same can be said for a cg character. people took time care and love to put it in there and it's a sure. different style of making it but we're still as much as cgi has come in the last 10 years i would say i mean the leaps and bounds of the last yeah. 10 years there's still that that like uncanny valley where your eye can sense that it's not real mm-hmm. and then you have a hard time letting it go. Certain just ones, like, I yeah. I can see that, you know? Uh, did you see the Sam Raimi Oz movie? No. Okay. Well, I heard not no, good you're things. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not terrible. You've seen worse. Let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Um, it, it is, it, yes, that is a good movie in the last five years. I'll say your eyeball is instantly all over the place because you're like not real not real yeah. not real you know um, the Maleficent movie could be said the same it, mm-hmm. it's just so full of CG granted good CG yeah but it, it, your eye always knows that that's not a real floating right. fish. And like, then, and, yeah. yeah, and then you have, you know, where it's used carefully, like in Mad Max with Furiosa's arm. Anytime that you see, you know, her arms now, yeah. it was digitally edited out. But yes. it's really, it's very seamless because you, you kind of like know because you know Charlize Theron does actually possess two arms. Yes. <laughs> but, but you're watching and going, that's really convincing. I'm yeah. very impressed. Don't understand how it worked, but oh, whatever. Um, you know. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah. it's bad. It's like, the logistics behind it make no sense. Work. It just yeah. on her arm, and then she flexes muscles, and it makes the fingers move. Uh, that is, how, is how I assume it works. Sure. Uh, it's sci-fi. A line of dialogue will fix everything. Yeah, that's um, it is. It is a shame, though, that Rick Baker and the master has decided that you know it's time to step up. And no, that doesn't mean that practical effects are all gone. Like I mean, he won his last Oscar with 2011's Wolfman, which you said you didn't. You were not a big fan yeah, of. Um, Spooky's not a big fan of it either. I love it, but I think I'm. I'm a little close to the source material. It's the Hollywood monster. Yes, you know? That's and, what it is. and yeah. I'm all about the universal horror movie monsters. Yes. So anytime they're done in, in a period piece with practical effects and Anthony Hopkins, I'm in. Like, oh, just, yeah. I'm throwing money at the screen. <laughs> and you know? Anthony and, Hopkins, I don't think he ever dials it in. He's always... Even always when he does in. dial it in, you can't tell, because but it's still so fantastic. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, Odin could be considered a dialed-in performance, yeah, especially part two. Yeah, but he's but, underneath all that hair and yes. the eye patch and everything else. It's hard to act through all that. <laughs> but even then, you're just like, bah, you're yeah, Hannibal, like, I love you. You know, you're like, bah, You I'm get good. a pass. You know? uh, it, it, certain people, I do give a pass, but the other people, I don't. Like, yeah. Anthony Hopkins phoning it in, I give a pass to. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro phoning in, and I get irritated. Yeah, you know, it's it's true. it's weird. Like, yeah. just like, what are you doing? Mostly, You're better than this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just like Anthony Hopkins better, so I'll give him a pass for it. Maybe that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it is a shame that some of these um, special effects guys are changing their. Was it? I believe. Um, I cannot remember his name right now. I want to say his name is Dennis Murin, and he was one of the lead special effects guys on Jurassic Park and he's done Star Wars. He's one of um, Spielberg's guys. I want to say I'm using the correct name um, for the right position. But anyway, Mm. uh, I remember in one of the Jurassic Park commentaries he makes a statement like, that's why they put the joke in Jurassic Park. Oh, I, I must be extinct. He made that joke in one of the movie rooms because, you know, they were going to go all 
stop motion yeah. and stuff. And then the CG guy came and like, well, I guess I'm yeah, out of a job. And, I'm out, and, so. and a lot of those guys that did that, you know, are now doing it for CG and they had to relearn their whole entire skill set. I can't yeah. even imagine because the technology changes so fast as is. Yeah. You could sit there and learn what's going on right now and be behind in six months. Yeah. yeah. And I believe I'm using the right guy's name. If not, you know, mm-hmm. tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is... I, again, I get it, but it is. It sometimes it's time to you know you you know that not, not you've not lost the fight, but you're you're just like I can't keep up. Right. It takes too much energy, and I'm far too old, and I'm set in my ways. And frankly, I've had a forty year legitimate career. Yeah. I don't I don't need to it's, it's force take, myself to do something take, else. Take a break, dude. Yeah. You know, enjoy your notoriety. How many Oscars? Seven. Like, uh, seven. <laughs> you know? And 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 that's for being not not to take away anyone's. Oscar credit if you're an actor. Yes. But to get seven Academy Awards for actually making, building, and doing something, there has to be more pride there. Not that an actor didn't build and complete their character within and portray that on a film, but they got paid $20 million to $30 million. I'm sure Rick Baker didn't get paid that much. So he's have to really create something from scratch when an actor at least has a director to bounce stuff off to. Not that the the, the creator doesn't talk to the director. You get what I'm saying. And how much of what they create, all these physical effects and everything, how much of what they create never actually gets seen but still has to be built just in case the camera focuses? Oh, yeah. Uh, Prop guys, they're really... I mean, production design is a beautiful art form. And, and, And I love looking at stuff. There are some worlds that you see in movies where you're like... They thought of everything. They did. They did. All the little details, yeah. all the little things that, you know, sometimes if your eye wasn't looking at the right spot at the screen at the right time, you would have never caught it. Yeah. But, you know, but they know they had to put in the work. And then there's, but you, I, I, I always look at it as, um, and I've mentioned this in the show before, it's, it's like uh, lighting in a movie. Yeah. You never notice how good lighting is until you notice how bad it is. Yeah. You don't think about lighting. You just think, oh, everything looks fine. Yes. The lighting is good. But when it's bad lighting, yeah. that's when you're like, oh. There takes some skill to do yes. this Yes, right. and then yeah. you see other movies, you're like, god damn, that movie looks great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just a shame that a lot of these guys are moving on because of the CG world. And I would like to think that it's just a thing that... Maybe, because uh, 3D is kind of going in and out, and you know, maybe in a couple years they'll realize that we can't solely depend on the CG thing, and maybe yeah. there'll be a resurgence of practical They've stuff. Said, haven't they said that in the new Star Wars movies there are going to be a lot of practical effects? Yeah, yeah. JJ was pretty adamant about how he didn't want them to look like the prequels. <laughs> well, yeah, because for many reasons, that's a good idea. Right. Yeah, yeah. What I, I give massive props to AJ. To AJ. AJ. <laughs> Yeah, A.G. Slater, uh, he's now in charge. Um, I, I give massive props to uh, J.J. because um, he filmed on film. Yeah. Like, he was like, I'm doing 35. And the studio was like, no. And he was like, well, then I won't do it. Good for him. You know? You know that's awesome. Like, because if you do digital, it's going to look like the prequels. If you actually use fucking film, then it looks like a film. Yeah. And yeah. it's so hard to get 35 millimeter now that it's it's become an art form. Like, I think... Tarantino's Hateful Eight is the first movie being filmed in like some cinema scope film. Oh, wow. Like really? in like some odd 30 years. Like he's filming in the old style, like widescreen right. film. Like right. it's something that's completely outdated. Which and is we'll, such a Tarantino thing. Oh, too, totally. So, yeah. But I can't 
wait to see Sam Jackson kill a bunch of motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. just like, just blow everybody away. Let's just I, put Sam Jackson in and I'm there. Yes. I'm fine, you know? Well, speaking of Sam Jackson, yeah. we'll just use him as the segue. Yeah, hey, that's a good segue. Um, so today, I wanted to, um, I'm in, we're in the zone right now. Star Wars is coming. We've got 200 days. According to some website I saw today, 200 days to Star Wars, uh, the, the Force Awakening opening this Christmas. So I thought, well, I want to watch Star Wars, The Clone Wars, because... I don't want to watch Phantom Menace. So it's no, like, no, we, I wouldn't have agreed to that one. I've been like, are you watching Phantom Menace? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't be there. Also, it's like almost three hours. So it's, you know, no. Yeah, no. So, and, um, and also Spooky hates this movie. So, um, <laughs> hate might be a strong word, but he strongly dislikes this movie. And I figured I asked you if you had not seen it and you I've said not, you had seen never it. seen it. And I was nope. like, all right, well then this is a perfect thing. It's our Star Wars vibe in and we get a movie that you've never seen. Plus, I've always wanted to watch the Clone Wars TV series, but I knew I really shouldn't do that until I'd seen the movies. So and that's now fair. I can move forward. Yes, and the series is excellent and we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so Star Wars The Clone War came out in 2008. It was kind of... Essentially, and after watching it, you can agree with me, it's essentially a 90-minute pilot. Yes. It, it is a movie that was put in the theaters, but realistically, it's three episodes smacked together. Right. Um, you can even feel where the breaks are. Oh, yes. You're like, yeah, this you totally is can. the commercial break. Yeah, done. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it was, you know, made for like 18, or excuse me, it was made for like 8 million bucks, call it easy, and it made like 80. Like, so it was... You know, or it made like 60. So it's like, it was a profitable movie in the aspect of it made its budget back. And how many years did it come out after the last prequel? Uh, about three. Okay. So, so 2005, this is 2008, so give or take a couple it years It also there. could be looked as a little bit of, you know, this is Star Wars The Apology, maybe a little? Slightly. Yeah. Um, some people would take umbrage with that statement. Yeah, they probably thought saying. this was just one more nail on top of the head. <laughs> that's but, true as well. I can, uh, I can I see why don't they think that. see I, it that way. I don't but. either. I don't either. Um, so what it is basically is the pilot for the Clone Wars TV show. And, you, you know, we got our normal cast of characters. You got Obi-Wan, Anakin Skywalker, and R2-D2, and, and C-3PO, and all of them still dealing with the Separatists and Count Dooku and uh, Darth Sidious, Palpatine, whatever. Right. So basically you're still dealing with the Clone Wars, which we never saw in film version. No. So this is essentially now we got to see the war exactly because you know it, it was it was always a shame because y you watch episode four and and Princess Leia does it like you know you helped us in the Clone Wars Obi Wan we need your help yada 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 and then for years you think what were the Clone Wars yeah. and then that, that's so cool and then you Timothy know? Zahn had his idea yes. which then the prequels of course said no that's no. not what it right. was you know you no. know and then and then and then you get to see the beginning of the Clone Wars you're like oh this is going to be awesome well you're hoping yeah and then the third movie starts when the Clone War has ended. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And that was that. Okay, so they've been fighting for a couple years and we don't get to see any of it. So you're asking me to believe that Anakin and Obi-Wan have this relationship, yeah. this father-son brother relationship that is supposed to come to a head at the end of the final movie, but you've not given me any backstory to believe that that those two characters even like one another let alone want to spend any time together no, no. in a scene now mind you uh what is it um anakin the actor who played anakin whose name oh, I always hayden christensen yeah. yeah not you know i've heard that he's been in other movies and you thought would like him it, he's know? okay in a few i'm yeah, not gonna yeah. say he's great but no. he's better than this yeah and then you've got you mcgregor who is obviously got uh, some well, chops yeah, you know that's yeah and yet neither of them sold that chemistry in the no movie. mostly i think because they weren't given enough time to do it I 
think that I, I, and I've, I've had this discussion with a lot of people is, is I don't, it, it's directing the bottom. I like, I don't want to always be a Lucas blamer, yeah. but the bottom line, you're the director of the movie. The fault does lie on your lap. And he is a terrible actor's director. Right. Technically, I'm sure he's probably fantastic. Um, and he's done stuff in the past that has been somewhat decent. So it is problematic to watch him not be able to... Characters that we've spent a lot of time with. Yeah. Developing and getting to know. So for him to not be able to get a performance out of someone who probably doesn't understand what he's being told yeah. is is difficult. Yeah, I'm trying to be so... It's you realize, yeah. like, <laughs> But you know what? You can, you can figure that, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it would be the director and not the actors since the right. relationship between Padme and Anakin was also equally oh, hard to believe. God. And we got so much more time with them and we just didn't care. No, you know? I think that I, the, I always best sum it up is uh, in the episode three when Padme's outside the balcony combing her hair mm-hmm. And, and, and Anakin's just like, I love you so much. She's like, no, I love you more. And they go back and forth. Uh, it feels like the equivalent of two teenagers on the phone. Like, yeah. no, you hang up first. No, yeah. you hang. I'm like, someone fucking hang up. Because <laughs> I need a phone. You yeah. know, you, need to, you, need to, you guys need to cut this shit, you yeah. know. Yeah, and that makes sense that it was just the director was like, you're supposed to be in love. Go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, your parents are dead. You're okay. sad. Faster, more intense. Go. And you're just like... <laughs> That was it. That's it. That's but all you get from Lucas. At least with the Clone Wars, mm. we now get to see the relationship. Yes. Um, now you have not seen the show. I have watched the show multiple times. Right. I am a full fan of the show. Uh, season one is rough because, as just like the movie, the season one is geared more towards kids. Right. And so is this film. That's what you need to in order to watch this. I mean, you had mentioned that before going into the movie. You're like. It's much simpler. It is not sophisticated dialogue because it was made for kids. If you go into the movie with that expectation, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it's a lot of that telling, not showing. You know, She's yes. like actually creeping up to the machine. She's like, I am placing the charges. I'm like, who are you talking to? You yeah. know? That's, but that's a kid's movie thing to yes. explain what you're doing mm-hmm. at all times. And in, in, in the season one is very much like that. Uh, I think, I don't know if it was a, a, a switch of writers or a showrunner situation with Switch. Season two starts off with, I mean, season two was, um, when it was coming on, it was called Season Two Clone Wars Rise of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, okay. And from then on, that show was just merciless as far as they were not afraid to kill people. Uh-huh. Jedis and Clone War, I mean, clones and, and Sith, everyone was. It was a war, you know, and you got centric episodes just about Mace Windu and Yoda and the clones. And you were asking why they give these clones names. And I was telling you, they actually become characters. Yeah, because you over the time of the show get to know Rex, Cody and Oddball. Like they become characters that and I think it adds so much more to when Order 66 is given in the movie. You're like. Now I understand why this is sad. Right, exactly. These were brothers. They fought in the shit together for war, and then they turn on them. Yeah. And it's sad to now have that. It's a shame the movie never once reflected this. No, no. I don't think the movie really understood where it was going in that case. No. So I don't think, think it, it's, it's the thing that I actually had to ask you. At the very beginning of Clone Wars, I'm watching, and I'm like, 
So just so that I'm completely clear, every single one of these soldiers that we see here, and you're like, they're all clones. I'm like, all clones are the same person? And you're like, yes. And then it Well, they have the same face. Right, yes, exactly. Yeah. But then, you know, that you see them without their helmets on at one point, and they've, you know, they've they they have different personalities. Yes. They've done their hair different, some have yeah. beards, some don't, because they all develop, even though it's a clone of the same person, they've developed their own individual mm-hmm. way. So that's something that the movie never made clear. I'm no. like, really? They are really I, all like the same I think person. They just didn't have time. I guess. Or they or it wasn't important. Yeah. You know, it is and and and, and What's what was most notable about the Clone Wars movie itself is is a few characters that come into play, and mostly it's the introduction of Ahsoka Tano, who is um, Anakin's Padawan. You know, who comes in very. I would assume she's got to be in her like early teenage years in the right. beginning of the movie. And you and, guys have you guys have seen her before? She's the she looks like she's wearing like a black and white striped Egyptian, Egyptian headdress. Well, so you asked if it was a hat or if it was her head and I told you it is her species. It is her yeah. head, so that's that's um, part of her, yes. Well, her species also has another very famous um Jedi Master Shakti mm-hmm. is also in the series oh, okay. uh now and then they are the same species. They're not related but they are the same species. I cannot remember the name of her species. It's one of those ones that I just never can remember. Right. It's not as cool as the Twi'lek because I always remember the Twi'lek. Well, yeah, it's sort of it's funny. I was thinking the other day it's like Star Trek tended to make a lot of characters with bumpy noses. Star Wars likes to make characters with tails on the back of their heads. Yes, so, yes very like tendrils and yes, things. Yes. Uh and, and Ahsoka Tano comes in as his padawan and and you think, well, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. We would have mentioned it. Well, 30 years ago, they didn't know what the fuck a Padawan was. Right. You know, so things have changed. And of course, over, you know, once Disney bought out, they said, look, here's the deal. Clone Wars, the six movies, canon. Yes. Yeah. Everything else is just something fun that happened along the way. And you just go with it. And there's no telling what they might maybe pull in anyway. And they, they said they were, like they were, they were going to you know, pluck along the way and see what was going to happen. You know, I would love for them to introduce some sort of Mara Jade character. I would love a Thrawn myself, oh, but I'm not, Thrawn would I be don't amazing. know about that, you know. Um, what's great is Ahsoka Tano has one of the best character arcs, I think, in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. She, in, in, of course, you don't know this, you've not watched the show, but when you, if you get a chance to watch it, and you know, for the listeners as well, mm-hmm. You know, she starts off as very much snippy kid at the beginning. And by the fifth season to her last episode, she's a full-on Jedi Knight. She has grown. And they grow her up as the seasons continue. So you know that it's been years that they've been at war. Right. You know, she becomes a double, uh, dual-wielding lightsaber girl. Right. And I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's very um, cool. Very cool to watch uh, Ventress. Yes, who is was, fabulous. She, yes. really so is Ventress fabulous. is up there. Yeah. You know, and you get a really nice sense of direction with Ahsoka's character that really works out and as a fan of Ahsoka, it was upsetting to see her leave the show because you were like, well, do I get a a finalization with her you know but she got to come back in rebels as one of the rebellion leaders and it's like now that she's been so ingrained into the canon yeah i don't think it's too far fetched to assume that we could hear about her in a future movie or see her in the future movie it would be awesome it would be awesome because ahsoka tano is awesome and it's got way more chance than anything else because it's canon Mm -hmm. you know so 
Um, so the, the 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 basic plot of the movie is very simple: is that Count Dooku, played by Christopher Lee for the last time, uh, comes in. Uh, not the last time because he's dead. But no, no, maybe. he's dead. we're not going to see Dooku anymore. I mean, so yeah, not, not a, I mean, he could be dead by the time this recording airs. I don't know. Oh, mm-hmm. I hope not. No, he just but had he, a birthday. But he is old. He, he is guess. old. He is an old dude, and he's, he's like... done a lot. <laughs> So Count Dooku is uh, under orders from Darth Sidious Palpatine, as usual, to, uh, out of all the plots, Star Wars is one of the easier ones, I think, to grasp. I think so as you well. know, It doesn't um, uh, involve trade negotiations. Thank God. Or midichlorians. Oh, None of those. <laughs> the space herpy. So basically, Dooku uh, has kidnapped Jabba the Hutt's son okay. and wants to blame the Jedi for the kidnapping and the killing of Jabba the Hutt's son to have Asajj Ventress bring back the son to Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt will be so happy to get his baby boy back that he will allow the, um, the not this yeah, the Separatists to use the... Um, Interstellar flight path? Basically yeah. for uh, for the Outer Rim and thus. That's, Makes it much easier if you're fighting a war. That's... Basically, the plot in a, yeah. in, in, a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt calls out for the Jedi Order to help. The Jedi's get involved, and they have to get the baby before the Separatists do back to Jabba the Hutt. Therefore, the Rebel Alliance, or not the Rebels, <laughs> that, not yet. Not yet. Um, the uh, Republic can get those routes instead for the war. Exactly. So that's. The plot very simply get the baby back, yeah, yeah. and in the meantime, there is a couple B and C plots thrown in yeah. to for time uh, yeah. show off the bonding between Anakin and Ahsoka, which is probably the main storyline is okay. to get these two bonded yeah. and to get the baby back. Yeah. You got Obi Wan who's fighting Asajj Ventress here and there, right. which they establish that those two are going to be. The, the Catwoman and Batman situation yes, yes. of the series. And they've like, already met each other at some point, so yes, there's already the, no love lost there. Right. So. The, if you remember the cartoon Clone Wars that came out during the actual movies, the right. hand-drawn one, yes. those are also in canon. Oh, I so that. that is where they officially meet Asajj and they thus begin that relationship Got with it. the evil versus them. Got it. So when they uh, they say, oh, it's you again, there is that history. Yeah. And she is in almost every season in yes. some aspect. She's, you know, even when Dooku turns against her and she goes on her own and she has her own episodes and mm-hmm. stuff. So Asajj is one of those awesome villains that you just wish was in a movie yeah because they gave her the time and the longevity to grow with you as a as a as a viewer unlike darth maul oh well you know that goes without saying but there's also the the animation which i don't think is bad in this movie. it's not bad it's rough because it's a small budget and it's essentially tv animation on a big scale screen it's also seven years ago yes leaps and bounds but for some reason, the way they animated her and her face, I thought, was better than any other character in the yeah, entire movie. Yeah, they really give a lot of attention to her yeah. her look. Uh, I don't know the name of her species, but they are badasses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the end of season six in the, the series, the animation is on par with, like, Excellent. Pixar. I mean, it's just... The, the saber battles alone by you get to season five is... 
you're just like that. I want to see that. You and, know, what and, I mean? and you're but then you, you I am seeing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. But it's not. It's also what we were mentioning. The Uncanny Valley. They've never tried to make them look completely photorealistic, which no. is what tends to creep you out when yes. you're like, you know, Jeff Bridges and his dead dead eyes and John. Yeah, so yeah. right. Um, no, they're they're meant to look stylized and everything. And I think the animation turns out to be very fun. I think it's great. Yeah. I do, and and I like some of the designs. And and oh, the big spider droids. You were really on the spider droids. I really yeah. like. There's a scene because they're huge. And so you've got all these foot soldiers in front of them, and then very far in the back, huge and stomping very carefully, yeah. these big spider droids. I like them. The only problem I have with the spider droid is the... You just take out one leg, and they and are really useless. Yeah. yeah. I feel that there was... The, it's kind of like... like no, Don't get me wrong. Don't send letters. Yeah, yeah, right. I love the Imperial Walkers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. they are fundamentally flawed. Even like, the, the, the... What is it? The, so those are the AT-ATs. And what yes. do you call the other ones? The AT-ESTs? Yeah, think, yeah, the, yeah, the smaller walkers. Yeah, exactly. Okay, very flawed. One design. leg gone. And if you can take them out with a log to the side of the head, yeah. they ain't that tough. So, but, but I love them. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. You, you, you see them coming, you're like, ooh, look. Here they come, and then you're like, "Those are going to be very simple." Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the little rolly droids from the first prequel movies and everything—yeah, the battle they, droids. They were here in this movie. The ones that you know roll up and then unwind, and they're kind of—they look like a pill, blow, pill I, pug. I do think that's going to be on my list of toys to get one of these. They days. are very cool designs. It's—they're uh, much better than the Roger Roger droids. Yeah, we were wondering about those, which is just so like, stupid. Like. No. I have to assume, I think you and me came to the agreement that they were just quickly, cheaply made for the purposes of war. Cannon fodder. Yeah, because they have no purpose. No, they have no brains. And their comic relief, which is frustrating on so many levels already, Mm -hmm. because you're like, let the comic relief come organically, don't force it. You know, they're always like, Roger, Roger, (laughs) you know, and like, I don't know. I do like their, I know, but I do like their little voices for some reason. The voices are fine. Yeah. Um, so there is a C plot in the movie that I don't, it's not needed. And it's only used as a device to get the character Padme into the movie to say, look, there is, everybody's here. And Padme is kind of does some sleuthing on the side and figures out that Zero the Hut. (laughs) That's, we're not making that up. The uncle of Jabba the Hut. Also not making that up. Yeah. Has... (laughs) Help Dooku kidnap um, the baby hut. Right. So she goes to meet Zero the Hut. And this is, I remember in the theater mm-hmm. when this character popped up. And I remember looking over to my friend going, Are for real? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah. You're talking like, about okay. somebody being fabulous kind of in a bad way. Yeah. Kind of. It's Zero the Hut. And he's, everybody knows who he is. Look him up if you don't, because mm-hmm. it's, he's this bright purple, pinkish, feather bound. Hut. He, he does have a feather headdress. It has tattoos up and down his belly and backside and yet oh, whatever. Oh, I figured they were paint. Sure, paint, I'm tattoos, sure, yeah, whatever. Who is being given the voice of Truman Capote. Yes. And and that was on purpose. Like, yeah. the rumor online, it, you know, and if it's online, it must be true. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the online thing is that George Lucas said, I want a hut that sounds like Truman Capote. <laughs> oh, God. And they said... Okay, and Knowing Corey Burton, that. the wonderful Corey Burton, who has done voice acting forever, yeah. has done, he did it. He does sound like Truman Capote. You know, like, okay, if I was hired to sound like Truman Capote as, as a space hut, check. Yeah. And I did. And I did. <laughs> and, and it's weird because he's the only hut that we've ever met who does not speak Huttese. True, except for a minute when he and speaks a half, the Java, when he's talking Java, which... Yeah. 
is like, so does that mean Jabba actually speaks English and just chooses not to? They, I thought they did establish that in Jedi. Did they? Like, well, that he, not that he speaks it, but that he understands it. And Which is he weird. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't speak. I always figured he didn't speak it because his mouth didn't work that way. But, That's you know, fair. apparently Zero the Hut says otherwise. So. I, it's, and it's so like, ooh. Yeah. And he's got his He's got the Corella DeVille cigarette. Yeah. And, and they've got that like noir like yeah. saxophone playing. And you're just you're like, what just happened? Yeah, I even, we're, we're, we're driving up on his little bar that he runs in Coruscant. Yeah. Coruscant? I'm Coruscant, yeah. Coruscant, I mean, We're driving, and this music starts playing. And I said, well, I don't know that the film noir music was a good choice. And you said, oh, wait, yeah, <laughs> it and, gets better. And then, I mean, he is in this noir setting. The blinds are over his eyes. Like, it's just... What the hell? Yeah. Um, and, and this is only his this is his only introduction really into the world. He has a arc in season three. Oh, really? They brought him back? Oh, to kill him. Oh, I mean, good. they <laughs> they got rid of this character real quick. Okay. Like they were like, no. No. Um, and you know who fu- is funny enough who kills him is um, Slice Noodles. You know, oh, no li- lips on a stick. Yes. Who sings in Jedi? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's it's so funny that they gave all these other characters like a little bit of a history. But it's it, all right. but it is he is offensive on a lot of levels. Yeah. Uh, offensive to uh, gay sci fi fans, to Huts, <laughs> to 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 Truman Capote himself. Exactly. I mean, it's like it's just poor decisions all around because you look at it, you think one the C plot isn't really pushing the story forward you by any have, means you could have so easily written out every single point of that mm-hmm. story and it would have been fine Count Dooku didn't need somebody else to plot with him no. to steal this kid he he's got stolen on his Palpatine and Asajj like what, what's one more person under his belt to fail yeah, him yeah exactly who seems just kind of like you know slimy anyway literally but you know it's ineffective it, it is ineffective cowardly you know it, it was, was just it's so funny to me that you know no, it's it. Count Dooku in the cartoon series, in the in the sad to say, because Count Dooku's kind of a good villain, mm-hmm. but useless because he's very skeletory in the sense that don't fail me again. They continuously fail him, <laughs> and he just threatens, but nothing ever comes. Wow. To that threat. I mean, eventually, yes, it does. Something. But at least happens. Darth Vader killed people right and left. You were like, yes. he's not. That guy's not kidding. Yeah. You, when you fail Vader, he's pissed. Yeah. Exactly. You know, when you fail the Emperor, I feel there's some anger there. Yeah. Dooku's just like womp womp. You know, like <laughs> he just like, oh, you failed me again. You know, he was like, again, yeah. again. But he did. He did sound really cool. I mean, Christopher Lee's voice coming yes. out of there. I'm like, oh, he just sounds wonderful. No, the guy that does it for the show, I don't, I don't have his name written down, but the guy who does it for the show is good. Yeah, like, yeah. he does do a Christopher Lee imitation that's pretty solid, as as does a lot of the other actors. Like um, Sam Jackson does do this one. Yeah, that's it. He does not do the show, okay. and the guy that they got doing the show, you know, it's not him, yeah. but it's. But also, let's be realistic, Sam Jackson doing Mace Windu isn't Sam Jackson doing Mace Windu. No. His performance is so subtle and subdued because he's a Jedi. Yes. So he's not lightsaber that motherfucker <laughs> exactly. because that's too much emotion. And so if you're going to take it down anyway, you might as well get somebody else. Yes. And while Sam and Jackson goes and makes big movies. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. You know, they have Anthony Daniels comes in for... I have to assume a half hour worth of work. Right. He has like four lines, you know, and you're like, okay, C-3PO is also in the show. Yeah. You know, I do think the main cast though, it really comes down to Matt Lanter as Anakin, Ashley Eccleson 
is Ahsoka and James Arnold is Obi-Wan. Those are the characters that you follow the most. And they're both in the movie and in the show. Yeah, all three of them are the show. And honestly, I feel that you have more an attachment to Anakin Skywalker in the show than anything of six movies. Well, that doesn't say it, very much. But no, but <laughs> I think that's my sad part. Right. But my point, not right. part, point, yeah. is that... This Anakin in this cartoon series, mm-hmm. I would be sad to watch him turn. Exactly. And and you see multiple times why he w- he has motivation right. to turn in the show. And- Where in the movie, you just have that one scene, I can save her, turn against him, kill them. Done. Yeah, right. It's so quick because we didn't get to see the war. Right. And and you in 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 the series and the movie here you get to watch him and you're kind of like I get it. Well, he's also much less whiny in the movie. Yeah, no, he he is honestly Matt Lanter's just a better actor. And I, I feel I mean yeah. I actually got to go to Burbank at one point. We were interviewing people from the Atlantis. Yeah, movie, you, you he told played me. Aquaman. He you played you played Aquaman. I did, I it was did. very I good. I think that. you were Thanks. fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, he he plays the voice of Aquaman in the last Justice League uh, direct video movie. And you and uh, Anthony went up there for comic issues, yes. and you guys got to interview them, yeah. which is also very funny because Sam Witwer was also there. Yes. he plays the voice of. Darth Maul when Darth Maul returns oh, in no season way. five. So both of them were Star it's, Wars. It's you really know. very rare that I have an actual face to put with the name of a mm-hmm. voice actor. So I'm getting better. When you said Man Lantern, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. That's awesome. And he's a decent actor. I follow him on Instagram. He's actually quite funny. Because I, I follow most of the Star Wars people because mm-hmm. I just like to. I'm like, what are you doing next? Are you doing Star Wars stuff? You know. <laughs> and and he, him and his wife are actually quite cute. Like yes. they do stupid Vine videos, um, which is just like, all right, you guys are bored, but I get it. But fine. they're fun. Um, but it is, it's, I, it is, a, it's like. There's an episode in the series towards the end of the series when Osaka, Osaka, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Osaka, Osaka's twin. Um, sure. When Ahsoka Tano has been framed, and at one point, she's something bad. She's leaving the Jedi Order for drama, yeah. and Anakin says to her, "You know, don't you think I want to leave too? Sometimes, do you, you know?" He's trying to associate his feelings with her feelings. And he goes, do you think I not want to leave? And she does an I know that says more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And his reaction is like, oh, shit. Oh. Like, she knows that he's that he's married. Like, she knows everything but never said anything. Right. Because she is a good friend first. Right. Which is part of why the Jedi Order crumbles. Is right. because, you know, love, love, honor, and all that bullshit that doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's it, it was nice to see... That one scene told you more about both their characters than three movies told about anybody's character. And that's, I think, a sad fact. Did Lucas start having less of a hand in the show? Yes. He was mostly just a yes man at that point. I think like, hey, we want to do this? Okay. You know, he has his stamp. Yeah. With his name and just yeah. stomps it. And no more Truman Capote ideas. So. Oh, that was. Mm. I, but that just that, that makes sense from everything I've heard about him is that you know he he, there wasn't any reason or plot or anything behind it. He's just hey, this would be cool. Let's do that. And then you know. Yeah, I don't want to say that's true. I don't like to shit on him. I really don't no. because he gave us our childhood. In in essence, he, him and Spielberg crafted some of the most beautiful things in the world that I love to watch and enjoy. Of so I don't like to give him shit unfortunately as i said at the beginning of the podcast 
the director is always the one that gets blamed. They are the stop at the top. So it's it's hard not to pass judgment. But it's yeah, it's the ideas too. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. Han Solo shot second thing, you know, oh, like God, badly why? thought out ideas it and badly animated too. Oh you know? yeah. God, it's <laughs> fucking awful. Um, one last thing before we go is we want to talk about the villains because mm-hmm. Star Wars. I have always felt. Honestly, this is going to be a weird statement. Lacks in the villain department as far as we have one big one. Yes. Well, two. You have the Emperor yep. and Darth Vader. Yeah. And It's funny that you would forget about the Emperor because most people do. No, because he was only technically in the one movie. I know. And, but also and now because, he's more, but obviously. Also because Darth Vader is, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the most perfect villains that you could possibly have. Of course. Yeah. 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 So you have these two iconic villains at the top of the food chain. And there are several great villains that you meet throughout the show, but movie-wise, no so much. No. So it is, it, oh man, and it was so, I remember 99, the first trailer when you saw Darth Maul's double saber and you were like, I don't know what the fuck just happened, Yeah. but that guy is going to be the badass. Mm-hmm. And everything told you he was mm-hmm. until he died. Yeah, and, and that one like, moment and you're like, seriously? Uh, I you know you see him fall and I'm just like maybe he's not really and you see him fall in two pieces I'm like oh well that was pretty final wasn't it yeah yeah. Um, he does return in the cartoon there is a lot going on there okay but he is alive in chronological canon I guess you could say but movie wise no but Uh, it is a shame that he had more of them like between him and Boba Fett who have all the merchandise who are two cool characters that we honestly don't spend a lot of time with and we don't we have an affinity and love for these two characters from outsiding sources. You know, the stuff that's not canon or video games and comics. And you're just kind of like, that's why they're badasses, you know. And they're great. I'm not denying any of that stuff is wonderful. And and, and I, that's what I love about you got a female villain like Asajj comes in who is a double-wheeling Sith witch. Yep. Who is awesome. She's relentless in her journey. She fails every week, but <laughs> she's fantastic, you yep. know. And it... And it is a shame that the movies have never gotten a chance to really showcase that, which I'm hoping with Force Awakens will finally, because now that we have confirmation that Gwendolyn Christie, you know, the Lady Brienne, yeah. is that crone trooper. That's so badass. I, I can't, I'm fucking, like, I'm just tits up. I'm yeah. like, let's, I don't, just I'm, awesome. don't care what you are. <laughs> I just want you to be the strongest, most evilest villain woman in, in the galaxy. Yeah, and she probably will be. Yes, so. I, yeah. if anyone can do it, it's her. Yeah. And I'm, that's, and, um, and another thing I thought was odd about this is they, they don't allow the movie to have uh, John Williams' score. It's, it's inspired by, yeah. they have the main theme, but overall it's a different style of music going through it. Do sometimes, you feel that it, it was hurts against it? A little bit. There was one, I mean, I was actually liking some of the music in some mm-hmm. places. There was a battle scene, and I really wanted to like it, but it was like an electric guitar kind of drum riff yeah. and everything, and it just felt out of place. That's all. A lot of it is because you're like, oh, this would be great if it had the theme. Yeah. But they're not using the theme. Also, yeah. yeah, but also I think kids would have really gotten a kick out of it. I think you know, yeah. once again, it is for a younger audience, and it brought me out of the moment for just a second. But I was just like, nah, it's fine, it's fine. Most of the music I thought was okay. We got to hear the main theme in the end, which was kind of that's cool, true, you know? and that's all that really matters. You, yeah, got, you yeah. get the you get the big ones, and yeah. you call it a day. But yeah. Yeah. overall, do you do you you enjoyed the movie on a whole? You thought it was a fun kids movie? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, yeah. um, would you recommend it for kids to watch if they're into Star Wars? 
Kids, yes. yes. But I would say 10 and under. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, once you get a little older than that, the lack of sophistication is probably going to push you off. Yeah. Bit. The baby hut is kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. A little we bit. Did have, yeah. And the fact that, you know, she, she kept on cutesifying everybody's names. She yes. called him Sky Guy and she called it uh, R2E. Yeah. That kind of doesn't stick around. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Like, I think they read the internet. Like, like no, 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 let's no, not, no, no. Let's not do this too much. Yeah. But you know what the thing is? If you've been wanting to get into the Clone Wars and you've been wanting to see it and hearing all the things, I mean, I know David Tennant comes in at one point. Oh, in the he's Clone really Wars. good too. That's what yeah. everybody says. So I always wanted to see it from the very beginning. This is where you got to start. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think, I mean, it's and it's not long at all either. It's no. Like, it's like hour and a half. Maybe? Yeah, tops. It's yeah. you know, it's an eighty minute movie if yeah. that. But it's I, like a lot I said, of fun bits. I do like all the droids. It, the, the droids are fun, and and like I said, if you do try to watch the, the season one, is rough. Okay. I'm not going to lie about that. Right. They don't have their footing fully formed. They kind of don't know where they're going with sure. it. Season two, though, and on, they have a plan. But like, yeah. there's clearly a plan. But yeah. you can say that about almost every that is great very TV true. show yes. that you like. Go back and watch like the first season of Friends or something oh, and everything. Yeah. You're like, or Buffy. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Buffy was hard. That season was hard. one of Buffy is fucking unwatchable. It is a really, really Like, hard you see watch. where they're going, but you're yeah. just like, this is awful. And it's. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was filmed in the 90s, but just to say it's so 90s is such a stupid statement. No, but, but it is. But being that yeah. we were, that was our generation, so we yeah. watch it just going to go, oh, God. Yeah. That yeah. is frightening that there was that much plaid. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't really even start watching it until she kills Angel and sends him to hell. And I'm yeah. like, what the heck's going on here? i got to watch more of this. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I expect that. That's fine. You live through the first season and the rest of them get better. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll be us for this week. I am, of course, Leland, and this is Elizabeth from Comic, Comic Issues. Issues. Get us every Wednesday. And also me and Catherine on Binary System Podcast, uh, roughly every other Thursday. Yeah, we've got a lot of podcasts now going under the Pixelated Geek banner. Mm-hmm. You know, we got the movie one, the comic one, the video game one, the book one, and a co- apparently there's a couple others I'm not even aware of. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. know, we're hoping to get a pop culture one up, I think yeah, would be great. I so. Think that'd be good. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. I, of course, have Leland Movie Issues. You can reach us at movieissues at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff you already know. Um, <laughs> you know, check back in uh, the, uh, next week. We're uh, Spooky will be back, and we'll be continuing the, with our fun as normal. And uh, I guess may the force be with you. Yes, absolutely. I'm yeah, sure. So that's what you have to say. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, let us know. Zero the Hut. No. Negative? No. Good? Negative. Uh-uh. Yeah, total negative? No. Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad lips on a stick kills him then, because it's pretty <laughs> yes, bad. Yes, we are. That's pretty cool. That's All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.